Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden, joining me, as always, to break down a Falcons Week 1 win, which we haven't had since 2017, is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, how are you doing, man? I'm great, man. I mean, every, uh, I think, I won't say all the birds won. I don't, I don't know if the Eagles won, all the birds, all the birds that matter to me won. You know, the Ravens <laughs> and the Falcons won, so I'm in a good mood, man. Yeah, and you were up in Baltimore yesterday. I was holding it down here in Atlanta for us representing, but you obviously being the amazing football player that you once were have a a little bit of a house divided type of responsibility here. So you were up in Baltimore. Tell me about that. Uh, I've been uh, very uh, derelict on my duties when it comes to being a former Baltimore Raven because they're, they're a little bit farther (laughs) away. And so they've invited me to stuff, but you know, it's right here with the Falcons is over there in Baltimore. I just haven't been, in 16 years, like I've, wow. I just haven't been back to a Ravens game. And there's no bad blood, nothing. I just uh, I've been so busy with you know Atlanta, my backyard. But uh, they were doing a 25 year uh, anniversary of the M&T Bank Stadium, and they invited all the former players back. And I saw the list of guys who were coming. I just wanted to reconnect with them. And uh, you know we're going to take us onto the field and get honored or recognized. And I haven't been on the Ravens field in since I left in 06. So <laughs> get a chance to go back there. And, uh, you know, Todd Heap, uh, a real good friend of mine, Edwin Multalo, one of the linemen. Uh, Ray and Ed Reed didn't come back, but um, we still had a lot of amazing guys, especially uh, J.O., Chris McAllister. And um, going on the field, I got a chance to uh, high-five Lamar. I was like, Lamar, hey! <laughs> he didn't recognize me because he has no idea who I am. But uh, <laughs> it was it was fun going to the game, you know, fun watching the win, fun watching my my family, mom and dad. That's where my NFL career started. Get a chance to go back to uh, our spot we used to eat after the game for some soft shell yeah. you know, Maryland crab and the spot we used to hang out with uh, to get, you know, some ice cream and just – bring them to the game, give them VIP treatment. It was fun with my uh, family and my kids who have never been to a Ravens game and forgot that I even played with the Ravens uh, since they are here all the time. It's going to be weird when you guys are back there in two years for the 25th anniversary of the 2000, uh, 2000 team, but that's mm-hmm. awesome. I'm really happy for you. I went to Baltimore for the first time um, this past summer for a wedding. I, I'm not a big seafood guy, but I do love crab. And yeah. oh my God, nobody, they're not lying when they're like, yeah, crab up in Baltimore is amazing. Well, they do. It's what they do. It is. I uh, got to get that old Bay seasoning on there. And yeah, it was, it was really fun. Um, so I'm excited that you got to have that fun opportunity. You know, my time on the sideline during Falcons games is a lot less glamorous. I'm usually <laughs> being ushered off into different sections being told, no, you can't stand here, not come stand over here. So uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that you got to uh, to live the high life there. Um, we are, of course, going to get into all of the Falcons action from their win against Carolina Panthers 24 to 10. You know, some up and downs, but definitely some highlights that we want to touch on. Maybe some too soon to say worries, but some early concerns, perhaps. I don't know. We will get into all of that in one second. But first, football is back and Bet Online is the number one source 
for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, Ovi, what are your big picture takeaways from week one? Week one, all that matters is get a win, or is there are there some caveats to that? Absolutely not. There, There is a, a W. All that matters is get a win right now. I, I just am so happy that we didn't mess this up because we were supposed to win. Uh, no uh, number one pick rookie has won in like years and years and years, and I didn't want us to break that record. We were supposed to win. This guy is trying to figure out his whole NFL thing, and, and we're trying to uh, establish the things we do well. So getting the W, even though it's a slow start, Getting a W is is all that matters because now we can go and kind of fix things and we can kind of uh, tweak this, that, and third and and go through some film. But if that W was an L, oh my gosh, just we we've seen this story. We 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 yeah. watched the show too many times and that O one and trying to pull ourselves out of uh you know the the um the pit or out, out of that at hole. I don't want to be there. So right now I'm happy. Yes, a lot of issues. Yes, a lot of problems. Yes, a lot of places to uh you know improve but we got a w let's move from there and find ways to uh get better i saw my crowd's team tweeted this out so i apologize go look there if i'm getting this number exactly wrong but i think it was like 82 games or something since the falcons have last been above 500 which is crazy that is crazy that is so weird i was so often like this podcast, uh, we yeah. talk about we <laughs> yeah. can just reach 500. We can just get to 500. If we can right. just, you know, sniff 500, we're there. Let's take that and ride with it. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's even more important because it's a divisional game. So getting that win, that W, yes. I'm, I'm not too, you know, worried about, well, we didn't do this right, didn't do that right. We got the W. Let's work on the rest of the stuff later now that we can – exhale a little bit because we got some dogs out there man we got some dogs i know we'll talk about later but we got some dogs yes and we can mention the division really quickly unfortunately both the the saints and the bucks won in week one so that's kind of weird wasn't expecting that we'll keep tabs on the division throughout the year we don't really have to touch on week one games let's get into let's start with the offense um i think that you could really feel the falcons started um you know the with the ball and you could feel the excitement. You could feel the energy when Bajan gets out there. Like the stadium, I will say, and I'm, I'm tagging on some audio that I recorded uh, at the game yesterday at the front of this podcast, but it was electric. You could really, really feel that they wanted to erupt, that they were excited for this team, which made some of the early struggles even more noticeable because that energy kind of went away and changed. It got tight and was like very weird. But when you look back at the overall stats, like, it's it's not the worst stat line in the world for, again, we said kind of a Desmond Ritter needs to be a game manager type of offense. 15 of 18, 115 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. He had a passer rating of 111. But if you watch it, the eye test, you were like, man, there's still some work to be done. So 
I guess, what are your feelings about the offense coming away from this game? Is it more work in progress, but I trust that they'll get there? Or are you like, man, they really could have used some more time in the preseason because what we saw was a little bit more discombobulated than we expected. I mean, sometimes both is a lazy answer, but it really is both. <laughs> and I'm not yeah. trying to be lazy. I, I don't mind putting the work in, but Desmond Ritter was Desmond Ritter. He's what we expected him to be, what we actually wanted him to be. We just didn't want him to be a Marcus Mariota where he's throwing the balls to that guy, throwing the ball to this guy and fumbling the snap and you know making bad decisions. We just want him to allow the run game to do what it did today and our defense to do what they did today and get us W's. And he can evolve as the season goes along. So I do want to see more because there is going to come a time where it's fourth quarter. We have the ball in Dez's hand and we want him to go down and do a two minute drill score. And we're wondering, is he capable of that? You know, right now, game two, maybe game six or seven, but you do want to see that develop sooner or later because we will need that soon. But at the same time, I'm happy that he was able to protect the ball, to make smart decisions, use all that good college experience he got down Cincinnati to be a great game manager. If it's going to be a game manager, be a best one, be the, be a great <laughs> one. And I think he's doing that for us right now. He is. And I mean, he made, he made the big throw when it needed to be made that, that kind of deep shot to Kyle Pitts, 34 yards um, down near the end zone, which eventually set them up for that Tyler Algier, uh, his second touchdown run. And we'll get to the backs in, in one second, but Kyle Pitts, Two catches, 44 yards. Drake London, one target, zero catches, zero yards. Oy. Matt Collins, I'll throw in there, three catches, 31 yards. But, I, you know, given all of this talk about the Falcons kind of weapons, stockpiling these these top 10 picks, we saw we saw from Bajan. <laughs> I mean, he, he looked as advertised, but Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London especially. I mean, what is is the level of concern? Do you think this will be a situation where it'll it'll change week to week depending on the game plan? Or is this a microcosm of kind of like what we expect to see where it is once again going to be the ground game and the receivers are all going to have to be kind of fighting for the scraps? Yeah. Um, you've seen Arthur Smith in his previous team, right? Um, this is not new. This is not going to change. Arthur Smith is a guy to where Derrick Henry was his bell cow and the other receivers turned to, you know, glorified blockers uh, most of the time. And they had to understand that that's their new role. This is how it's going to be. And they won games. They were in playoffs. They won yeah. playoff games. Now, you know, it's more exciting to have an air raid type of mentality and to, you know, do the whole five wides. I get it. Receivers dream about that. But if we can win games, I feel like we can – develop into a more balanced team but right now we're going to be run heavy because we have to go to where our strengths are and you don't need Desmond Ritter to be great for Bijan or Tyler Algiers to break off these 20 30 40 yard runs you don't need for Desmond Ritter to be comfortable for our running backs to get busy and so we're going to go to where we can get easy yards and that's in the RB room but Drake is hot right now I know he's hot <laughs> because I've seen the interviews I've seen about his uh, his growth and what he wants to do he can't do jack if uh the game plan one isn't there for him to have multiple targets and B if we're doing so well on the ground game. So uh, Drake's got to put on his big boy pants and learn how to, you know, share the ball and not get what he wants. And hopefully it doesn't turn him into, you know, one of these diva prima donna receivers that we get <laughs> to where they become a cancer in the locker room. But I don't think he's going to be that guy. I think he's going to be fine, but not, not, not happy, but he'll be fine. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that sentiment. It's obviously not what you want. You want to be out there making impact plays. Um, but Arthur Smith, after the game, said, "You know, look, Drake, Drake would tell you the same thing. We don't care about stats. We care about the wins and the losses. We saw it last year with Kyle Pitts. He yeah. was kind of the... I, I don't know if it's uh, like he was the recipient, I guess, of that treatment where yeah. all right, we're pulling back your your maybe offensive output for the betterment of the team. Not to say that that's the case with with Drake London in this first game, but again, byproduct of just what it took to win the game. And I think uh, Tori McElhaney, after the game in the press conference, raised this number and it was something like 70 percent of the offensive touches went to the running backs in this game. And <laughs> which I'm sure you love to hear, man, after oh, an offseason where like running oh, backs value is just seemingly falling from the sky. It's it's. Yeah. It's nice to see, you know, the Falcons really rely on on their backfield. But Arthur Smith said that was a little bit of just the nature of the flow of the game. And obviously, when you build a two touchdown lead in the second half, yeah, you're going to lean on your run game a little bit more. But let's talk about the running backs. I mean, Bajan Robinson, he wins the award for best play by a player not named Jesse Bates. Um, I mean, his first touchdown catch was truly Yo. electric. I was uh, again. I was at the Ravens game. I had to catch all the highlights, and um, I was watching back and forth in the stands. But that touchdown to see the replay, that first juke. I told yeah. my son. My son loves jukes. His whole thing is he'll throw the football, and he wants to see if he can juke me. And I'll fall down by accident. Oh, you got me! Oh, I got <laughs> juke. And so I showed him the beach. I said, "This is how you juke." He's like, "Daddy, that was amazing." Just the ability to stop on a dime and cut back inside. And then I, I can't be the only one who see little flashes of uh, the old great Falcon, Michael Vick, when he split those two defenders mm. and they collided to each other. I was just like, that's just like Michael Vick's like Minnesota. You know, uh, yeah, the Minnesota run that everyone plays all the time. It's just it, it's you have to be a certain a different type of speed to do that to where two guys actually think they can get you and close down. And they don't slow down because, oh, we can't get him. They think they can get him, and he slips right through. That was great, man. Like It's just the perfect little teaser uh, trailer to show the rest of the league and to show us fans what we're in for for the season. So I, I love the first touchdown. I love several Bijan's runs, man, because he, you, you get these little – Little appetizers, little, little snippets, just just, not, just a taste. You know, not enough to be full, but you want more, and we all want more Bijan. I mean, we saw a few runs where it looked like I'm thinking of the one where he gets um, <clears throat> stripped, kind of from behind as he's bright. But like, there were two or three plays where it's like, oh my god, there's the daylight. And then one guy kind of either got him from behind or a a block didn't get made in front of him or what have you. But it was like, it's not going to be far off, whether it's week two, week three, maybe it's in London. But like we're going to see a a 67 yard John Robinson run. And it's been a minute since we've seen that here in Atlanta. Like it really does feel like 2016, 2017 was the last time that the run game was part of the explosive element of this offense. And that's the hope with Bajan is that. Okay, yeah, we know Tyler Algier is like the king of that seven to twelve yard run, almost like every time. Like it's awesome. Yeah. But now you're hoping that seven, eight, nine yard run turns into like a 35, 37 yard run. And that's kind of where Bajan is um in this offense. But I asked him specifically about and I always feel like is is this proof that like y'all are just a totally different species than me? Cause I'm like, how does your brain work when you're in the 
in the line of fire like that and you make a catch and you got to make a man miss and then you've got to regain your balance get up to speed for two guys who have great leverage on you yep. to make that tackle and like is it all happening in bullet time like slow motion <laughs> is is it all just instinctive like instinctive and you're not actually thinking and i asked him that, and he was like you know it's it's the stuff that you practice like yeah. they practice all of these insane superhuman things is as you once did and as i got to see you know on fridays julio jones and calvin ridley and Mohamed sanu like practice these crazy one-handed catches on the sideline as they're like tiptoeing and it's like yeah all of the insane stuff that we do see on sunday where we're like how does a human do that that's getting practiced which is so so cool to me and to already see something like that translate into the game not concerned about uh bajan at all but do you want to um talk about Tyler Algier at all before we kind of pivot over to the defense. You got to because Tyler Algier did not get uh, he, he, the, tra- the training didn't stop because Bijan came to town. Like, Tyler Algier was yep. like, you know, happy to have my brother come in here and support me, but uh, just in case y'all forgot, I was a thousand yard rusher last year and I'm going to make sure that y'all see that I'm still as effective if not more than I was last year and so he Man, 7 to 12 yards between the tackles, breaking yards, showed a little, a little bit of speed. I know Tyler had, you know, but I uh, seem to get some uh, distance between him and some defenders. So Tyler Algiers is such a necessary back. You can't have – I think it's, it's more important to have a Tyler Algiers than a B. John Robinson at times because those tough yards that you need, I don't care if you get to the end zone if you can't punch it in. Tyler Algiers is a guy who can punch it in. He's a guy who can get you that third and one. He's a guy also that can – pounded so much to where play action actually works. You open up uh, the Drake Lunds and Kyle Pitts. So he had a great game, you know, uh, real proud of him, proud of how he's dealt with them drafting a running back number eight pick yeah. and still coming back and embracing it and using that as fuel to push him forward. So I think that RB duo is going to be great. Uh, I, I don't know about Cordero, Cordero Patterson, how that's going to work. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, Arthur Smith works Cordero in when he gets healthy, or if he works him in when he gets healthy, he might say, you know what? I don't want to mess this up. Hey, uh, <laughs> go play receiver a little bit, and uh, we'll throw it to you every now and then. The receiver's like, hey, hey, we'll, you don't even throw it to us. Drake and like, hey, what are you bringing we're this guy here for? We're up over here. Yeah, yeah we're not so, hiring. It's going to be very interesting to see the dynamic and the uh, how the ball is shared. It, it is. I, I mean, I think you can get a little bit of a glimpse at that from this box score, uh, you know, Bijan Robinson did have six targets, caught all six passes. So even though Tyler Algier finished as the leading rusher, 15 carries, 75 yards, two on two touchdowns, obviously, which was huge. Bijan did kind of pick up the the slack as a receiver a little bit. So yeah. there's the the dynamic that you may see where it is the ground and and then Bijan is a little bit through the air. Um before we do move to the defense, I, I do want to touch on the offensive line a little bit just because I mean, being there in person, Brian Burns, I felt like he was going to finish the game with 35 sacks. I I feel like he made himself $10 million yesterday. He looked unstoppable. But Derek Brown is kind of the game went along. He was a real force to be reckoned with. And Arthur Smith, I give the coaching staff a lot of credit, said that they had to pivot at halftime. You know, adjustments are something that you make in every game. But sometimes you really, really do need to kind of pivot or say what we're doing just is not working. He said it wasn't just the offensive line. There were some spacing issues in the passing game. Sounded like a lot of week one stuff (laughs) that you got to get cleaned up. But that's what happens when you find yourself in a dogfight like this in week one in a rivalry game is 
maybe you it's not throwing the game plan out the window, but it is like, all right, we really got to do what it takes to win this game. Could you tell anything? I mean, being in Baltimore, that was probably hard for you. So let me uh, are there any concerns for the offensive line moving forward? Or do you think this is a little bit of a hey, it just takes time to gel, get your chemistry um, up front and you know, there's 16 games left and we'll see what goes from here. It's definitely the latter because of the four preseason games. It's so much for us to be able to take what we see on the playbook, in the game plan, on field, and put it into practice. And there is a lot to say about playing actual live reps where they're trying to take your head off or the quarterback's (laughs) head off and work with your offensive line, understanding how to work with the twists and the stunts and, you know, the uh, linebackers going to the A gap and do you block down and do I have to go out? All that stuff happens so fast that if you only have one game or a couple series to practice that, you're like, oh, we're good for the regular season. <laughs> it's not going to work. You're still going to be rusty week one. I, I don't know how even the greats uh, are just not playing at all in preseason, expected to be, you know, sharp week one because you're not going to be hit as hard or not going to come at you as hard in practice. I don't care how live it is. They're not going to check, take your head off the way they are during the game. So these guys are going to have several rusty week one games across the league, unless they do more in the preseason. But I know they want to, you know, get talent scouts and try to evaluate the young guys. That's why it's a very difficult thing for coaches to figure out, let's spend this time evaluating young guys, preparing my old guys or my guys who I want to play. So it's just some rust. They'll knock it off. They'll be fine. I'm glad to hear you say that. And I, I trust you on it. it. It is definitely because even in that first preseason game, right? It's all very simple stuff. Yeah. And it, it's all very. So, yeah, I do think it, it takes time. And as I mentioned, Derek Brown, Brian Burns, like those are two real tough dudes to be going up against in week one. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll hope they get a turnaround next week against the Green Bay Packers. But let's talk about Jesse Bates, the player of the game. I don't think the Falcons win this game without Jesse Bates. Uh, team captain coming over from Cincinnati, already making his presence felt. How nice was that to see, Ovi? Woo, man, I, I text Jesse uh, on the way back from Baltimore because, you know, fellow wow, Wake Forest team drop. Uh <laughs> Yeah, he, um, I got a chance to uh, connect with him during training camp. We, we exchanged uh, uh, cell phone numbers. I was just talking to him about how excited I was for his success. And he was like, hey, it was, was kind of touched me a little bit. He's like, man, I used to watch you uh, in the NFL when I, when I was at Wake, you know, just seeing Wake Forest guys doing what you did and other Wake guys, it's like people always – would talk trash about us. I'm like, nah, we got, we got old Mahalia, we got Calvin Pace, we got these guys, we got <laughs> several, several dudes out there killing it. I said, man, thanks, brother. So uh, he is that dude. He, he's the, he's the guy. He, you paid a lot of money, and you're getting exactly what you paid for, and much more. Because to have that quarterback in the defense be able to not just rally everybody up, but to say, hey, follow me, watch yeah. me. This is how you do it. Big time players with big time plays and big time games. We hear that all the time, but. He's actually doing it. I'm just talking about it. So Jesse is somebody the Falcons have needed for a long time. Coming from Baltimore, uh, you know, he, he's the Ed Reed uh, of, of that team and can be one of those multiple Pro Bowl players. He absolutely can. His career high, which he set last year in interceptions, was four. So he's in one week, halfway there uh, to matching that. He finished with 10 tackles to go along with those two interceptions. But you know, they they kind of came on the exact same play. It is weird because I feel like it's maybe a bigger 
learning moment for Bryce Young than it is necessarily like, oh, Jesse Bates is going to lead the league in interceptions with like 20 this year. Mm-hmm. It it just seemed like a veteran absolutely being like, all right, if you're going to do this again, I'm going to do it again. And I'm yeah. just going to pick you off. And perfect jump, both plays. Uh, I mean, without Jesse Bates, because I, I want to say his turnovers directly led to like 17 of Atlanta's 24 points. Um, so he truly kept the Falcons in this game. And it was a nice reminder to me because as we talk about, you know, Calais Campbell or Bud Dupree or David Onyemata or Caden Ellis or all these other guys, it's like, no, Jesse Bates was the crown jewel of this Falcons free agency class. We just kind of got bored talking about that or because all the other moves came right after that. But let's not forget, like he was the first guy that they went out and spent a lot of money on and we're seeing why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had some uh, some some great uh, safeties, you know. For uh, yeah, it's just we just haven't had. And I, I don't want any disrespect to the previous safeties, but we haven't had a Jesse Bates type of safety that could do it all in a, in a very very long time, or if ever, <laughs> which is I, I've been there. <laughs> uh, and, and it's just nice to have that captain be someone who uh, can be the gel behind all the other pieces we put into play, and Arthur Smith and uh, I think. Uh, Terry Fontenot, they knew what they were doing when they got Jesse because as a defense, if you don't have somebody who can see the field and to direct traffic, you're not going to win games. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I think we saw the the secondary as a whole, you know, did a good job against Bryce Young making his first start. Um, Bryce was a little bit inaccurate. It was honestly the run defense for me that was a little bit more concerning. The Panthers mm-hmm. gained 154 yards on the ground. It looked a little bit leaky at times. Um with the the linebackers may it's hard to tell the run fits um but hopefully that gets cleaned up i was more encouraged by the pass rush the falcons officially finished with two sacks but they did have one that kind of got wiped off the board there late so they could have finished with three i thought that was encouraging um is there anything else from this game just as we get set to wrap up here the week one win uh that you want to touch on um I just the offensive line because those those are the big hogs that that yeah. I get excited about and they they turn it on second half. I just want us to start faster because there were some uh, just with the highlights I saw there were some plays to where I'm just like that's not very Falcon ish. That's yeah. not what we do. Like what, what what's going on? And I can just again I, I'll keep up to rust and just trying to get the. Uh, to be able to understand how to play together because I, I expect a lot more from them and I expect them not to take a whole uh, two and a half quarters to get started and to get up and running. So the offensive line, they're, they're a key part of our running back game and our passing game and, and everything we do on offense. And I want them to be like at, at the top level that I know they can. So besides that, I was good. I'm, I'm happy with the W. I think we can fix all the things we need to fix and we can win some, win some games because I already said playoffs – and winning a playoff game, at the very least, is where we're going. Well, they are uh, one step closer to that goal, and I think that's a great spot to leave it. A little bit of room for improvement, a lot of bit of room for improvement, but again, you emerge with the victory, and they were big on all the key areas. They were perfect down in the red zone. They were perfect down by the goal line. Only two for 10 on third down, but when you can win a game, converting only 20% of your third downs, that is very nice. So again, a lot of work to be done. But that is all the work we've got to do today because Ovi and I are out of here for our first regular season episode of Believe in Falcons. Please follow him on Twitter at Ovi Mahaley 34 or I guess X now, but I don't believe in Elon Musk. So uh, (laughs) on Twitter, 
Uh, you can follow me at Will McFadden. Check us out on YouTube. Believe in Falcons. Like, subscribe. All of that good stuff. Next show coming on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. Previewing the game against the Green Bay Packers. And then Ovi and I will return one week from today to break it all down. So until then, everybody, take care. Yeah, obviously, you know, we got to start faster. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that, you know, ultimately when we look back at this film, there are a lot of things that we can clean up, we can be better at um, for next week. Um, but, you know, props to our defense coming out, you know, coming up with some huge stops, huge turnovers, being able to get short fields. Um, but for us as offense, when that does happen, we have to be able to go out there and, and create points and get points on the board. Um, so, you know, we, we didn't start as fast as we'd like to, but, uh, you know, that's something that we'll continue to work on. The first play looked like y'all were trying to, you know, get down the field. Uh, but Coach said y'all had to pivot away from that uh, and get back to it late. How was that, you know, uh, as the quarterback's mindset as the game's progressing? Yeah, you know, like I've told you guys, you know, from the very beginning, you know, for me as a quarterback, you know, I, I could care less if we go out there and pass the ball, you know, 300 times or two times, you know, as long as we get a, a W at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. So, you know, for us today, our run game was obviously working. Those guys up front did a heck of a job of creating a move in the line of scrimmage. Um, Bijan and Tyler did a great job of just, you know, running behind them and running hard. Um, but for us, you know, the run game is also going to open up our pass game. So, you know, we're just going to keep hitting everything and keep going back to work. Yeah, Des, what was your sense of Brian Burns out there today, and how were you guys able to kind of not neutralize him, but be a little bit more impactful with him out there on the field in the second half? Yeah, you know, there was talks of, you know, was he going to play, was he not going to play? Uh, for us, you know, it, it didn't really matter. We wanted to go out there and, you know, just feel have, have the O-line, you know, make them feel their presence. Um, and, you know, obviously they have a, a great front four, front five up front on the defensive line. Um, so we knew that it was a challenge for us as offense to be able to go out there, control the line of scrimmage, and I think they did a great job. Going back to what Dylan was asking about, like pivoting a little bit, Arthur made the comment that there were some space, spacing issues in the first half and then some protection issues. How did the game evolve for you guys and kind of what y'all were being asked to do offensively? Yeah, you know, we just had to slow down and just play our game. You know, I'll take a lot of that, especially, you know, right there towards halftime, you know, coming in that back last eight minutes. I'll take a lot of that on me. Um, a lot of that was me out there, you know, trying to do too much, you know, not staying within our reads. Um, and so that's where I felt like I got, you know, not only myself, but our offense in a lot of trouble. Um, so for me, I know, you know, going into next week, obviously just stay within everything and just go throughout your reads. But, um, you know, as an offense going out there that second half, it was just about starting fast like we didn't do in the first. Um, and just keeping the ball moving forward, getting the first first down, getting some momentum going and getting going. Just following that up, I know you'll know more once you look at the film, but it just seemed like something felt off with the offense a little bit. Did it feel like maybe you weren't reacting quick enough or did you feel like you were just struggling to get in a rhythm? I'm just curious from your standpoint. Yeah, like I said, it, it was tough just to get in the rhythm. Um, you know, we could never just get that first down and get going. Uh, so that's tough in any offense, obviously, to get rhythm. Like I said earlier, you know, the, the thing that kept us in was our defense. Um, and that's just how a team should play. Um, and, and, you know, our Jesse came up, had a huge turnovers. Um, and, and for us, it's just about, you know, being able to not always rely on our defense, being able to, to get in a rhythm when a rhythm doesn't have to be there, you know. Um, so for us, you know, that's something that we got to work on, something that we got to keep going and keep getting better at. And, and kind of following that up, I mean, was it tough first game of the year to hear some boos, like when you guys couldn't move the ball at all? Or 
I know you've heard. I, yeah, I mean, no, I didn't. I didn't really hear no booze. Um, you know, we were just out there playing. I got to I got to lock in on a play call and everything else. So, you know, the outside noise kind of isn't isn't really in my. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I was going to ask you in terms of dealing with frustration when things aren't going well. It seemed like you didn't really. Your your coach mentioned and he's mentioned before not losing your head and kind of staying in there. I was just wondering how you processed what was going on. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you know, that's just kind of who I am. You know, just not trying to be too high or be too low. Um, just knowing that, you know, we're playing way beneath where we should be um, and just knowing where we can be, you know, that's kind of always what keeps you, you know, level-headed is just, you know, knowing where you can go, knowing where you can be. Uh, so for, you know, for myself, it's really about just staying calm um, and just making sure that the guys know, like I said, where we're going to go, where we're going to be, um, and, you know, not necessarily talking about, you know, down the line, but in that game. Yes, can you elaborate a little bit more on the confidence it gives you as the quarterback to have a defense that is capable of, you know, forcing three turnovers, keeping you guys in the game while you kind of find your footing a little bit? Yeah, that's huge for any defense. I mean, excuse me, for any offense is to have a great defense. Um, but, you know, it, what's going to, for us, is about, you know, going out there and, and as an offense, you know, being able not to have to rely on your defense, being able to go out there and score points um, on every single drive and not have to rely on your defense. So then when the time comes that, you know, there's, there's, there's a long season, there's going to be one game where the defense isn't going to play great and the offense is going to have to step up and, and take their part and handle the low row. Um, so, you know, there's just a fine line of just, you know, it's all about being a team. Uh, Des, can you discuss the play of the running backs and in particular B. John's uh, run and uh, uh, Tyler's run where he bounces it outside? Yeah, Bijan and Tyler, you know, both played their butts off. Um, like I said, you know, it all starts with the five men up front. They did a heck of a job of dominating the line of scrimmage, uh, moving the line of scrimmage and, and creating gaps for Bijan and Tyler to run through. Um, those guys have great vision, you know, great awareness, great balance. And, you know, once you just give them the ball, it's just fun to watch them go. Thank you all. Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.